0: We have a Good evening. It is Eric Erickson here, News 95.5 AM 750 WSB, the phone number 404 872 WSB talk. Let's get into the news of the day. There is a lot of news out there. Uh, and first, we got to start with the Donald Trump Jr. story. Uh, this is the big story of the day. Uh, this is the story that has the media all Twitter and why I don't think you really should believe it. Uh, quick check of the radar before we get there, though, just so you know uh, the Roswell area, Alpharetta, Sugar Hill, Swanee, you got some storms. And then along the east side of the perimeter, the uh, you've got storms, uh, Chambly and Doraville down to Pine Lake, Uh, most of the rest of the area. is just scattered showers in Atlanta. Uh, But now, Donald Trump Jr. met with the Russians. Uh, He probably shouldn't have said anything, but he's smart enough to know the story's going to come out anyway. Here's what's laughable about the story. Let's get to the punchline first. Remember the Donald Trump with the prostitutes and Russia peeing on him story? Remember that? By a British spy? Opposition research by a British spy? The left's okay with that story from a foreign government, from a foreign source. But they're outraged about Russia because they say britain good and russia bad but it was only a few months ago before donald trump was elected that the position of everybody out there was that the russians were good because barack obama told us the russians were good and if the russians were good for barack obama nothing could happen i mean this is this is why this story's so laughable listen there is not a shred of evidence anywhere that the president of the United States colluded with the Russians. And that's what this New York Times story wants you to believe, is that Donald Trump Jr., along with Paul Manafort and Jared Kushner, meeting with a Russian ambassador, or a Russian lawyer, I should say, um, that, that somehow is proof positive of collusion with the Russians. It was a lawyer. And apparently, you know, they're willing to believe Donald Trump Jr.'s confirmation that the meeting happened, but they're not willing to believe him that the meeting was not eventful. I mean, the the hypocrisy here is astounding. Russia was a friend, until the moment Donald Trump got elected. And you couldn't say anything bad about Russia. And it was okay to meet with Russia. It was okay to work with Russia. It was okay to get information from Russia and from Russians. The moment Donald Trump was elected, bad Russians. You can't do anything with the Russians. Hey, pay attention to this crazy story over here from a former British spy and that, but no, no, the Trump, the Trump people, they got information from a foreign source. How dare they? Meanwhile, the Democrats are being funded by a foreigner named George Soros. But that's okay, because it's Democrats. This is staggering hypocrisy. I'm, I'm not a huge Trump fan here, and even I can see the staggering hypocrisy of the left when it comes to this story. They want you to believe there was collaboration with the Russians, and they provide no evidence. Interestingly enough, if you read the New York Times story, it mentioned the names of the people who were in the meeting. The Russian lawyer, Jared Kushner, Paul Manafort, and Donald Trump Jr. Donald Trump Jr., in fact, has confirmed that's who was in the meeting. Where did they find that out at the New York Times? And this ultimately is why I have a problem with the story. There is something about it no one wants to mention. So here's, here's the point of the story that you need to pay attention to more than anything else. Matapuzo He's one of the reporters for the New York Times who got the story from anonymous sources. He is also the reporter who helped write the story about the San Bernardino terrorist's wife remember that incident around Christmas time a few years ago where they shot the place up and he read, he wrote a story that the FBI had ignored the social media posts of the terrorist wife. That story turned out not to be true, had to be walked back. In fact, the public editor of the New York Times lashed out at the New York Times reporters, including Apuzo, for their reliance on unnamed sources. He's also the reporter who on February 14th of this year ran a story in the New York Times that the Trump campaign team met regularly with russian sources backed by the kremlin the fbi has specifically denied that story james comey under oath before congress said that story was not true and now the same reporter who has had two major stories about intelligence publicly retracted after denunciation by the fbi suddenly wants to tell liberals exactly what they want to hear again Sounds a little bit too good to be true, does it not? I mean, we know the meeting happened, and I'm not denying that the meeting happened. Donald Trump Jr. himself confirms the meeting happened. But Donald Trump Jr. says nothing came of the meeting. And what information did they glean from this? Uh, it, because the issue here is Hillary Clinton's information. Where, what information about Hillary Clinton came out from the Trump campaign? I mean, that, that's one of the other questions here. What information came out that we didn't already know from WikiLeaks? Because all of the damaging information was not released by the Trump campaign. It was released by WikiLeaks. So what did the Trump campaign have to gain here? This is all the media has to do these days is say someone from the Trump campaign met with someone from Russia. And the headlines across the nation are all a buzz about collusion with Trump and Russia. There is no collusion between Donald Trump and Russia that can be proven. There is nothing that can be shown. And the FBI has denied all of these other stories. You see, there's a strange thing happening here. The media wants us to focus on the allegations of collusion with Russia. The media does not want us to pay attention to the fact that the FBI is not investigating the president. They're they're not. The media doesn't want us to pay attention to the fact that there is no evidence of collusion. They just want you to pay attention to the allegation of collusion. That's a real problem because I am one of those people, Sean Trendy at Real Clear Politics made this great point this morning that I am one who believes the Republican attack on the media has been... Overblown more than it should be. Yes, they're liberal. Yes, there's a bias. Yes, in some cases, incident intentional, but there's a far larger, more damning indictment of the media by Republicans that I largely think is light your hair on fire hysterical that hasn't been there in the past. But at the same time, the media is doing everything possible to confirm the story and ratify in people's minds that the media is. Hysterical that the media is out to get the president, that the media is factually, constantly wrong. I mean, I know people who do not like the president of the United States and get mad at me for saying anything nice about him. And even they looked at this New York Times story with great skepticism because they saw one of the reporters who wrote it has been publicly rebuked by the FBI multiple times for his stories, and this one yet again relies on anonymous sources. How many times will the media rely on anonymous sources to tell us the things about the president the left already believes, and then to see those stories walked back with major retractions that don't get as much play as the main story? I'm willing to believe, and I think there is enough evidence to show, that people from the Trump campaign worked diligently to dig up dirt on Hillary Clinton, and they didn't care which source it came from. But the Clinton campaign did the same thing. And the media is not talking about that part of the story, because she lost. And were the media to talk about that part of the story, they would have to, yet again go through the in, intentional hand exercise of explaining to America why Hillary Clinton lost to this guy. And they don't want to do that. So they would rather cry foul and claim a stolen election and that the Russians had everything to do with it than to examine the evidence that she was a terrible candidate. Oh, and by the way, dare I say it again, all of the things that the Trump campaign supposedly was getting from Russia didn't come from them. It came from WikiLeaks. WikiLeaks, yes, we all know WikiLeaks collaborates with the Russians. But if the Trump campaign was so eager to put this out there, why didn't the Trump campaign do it? Why did WikiLeaks do it? Was it to prevent a firewall? Looks pretty clear that the Trump campaign didn't care, and yet they still didn't do it. Folks, I'm not a Trump apologist. I have a well-established record of people calling the show hating me for not caring for the president. But this story is BS. It is 26 after the hour. The phone number 404-872-0750-1800 WSB Talk. Um, just minor note here. I was gone on Friday, and I know I said this on air but I was gone because it was uh, my Father's Day trip for my dad. And I took him to Chicago, surprised him by also taking my brothers-in-law to Chicago. We stayed at the Trump Hotel up there, uh, which is one of the nicest hotels uh, I stay in around the country. It's a great hotel. Yes, I know. I get the irony here of the Trump Hotel. We got to go to the Cubs game, though, on Saturday night. They lost. But I got to tell you, I thought they won when we left the game because I had to go to the bathroom and the line in Wrigley Field for the men and the women's bathrooms are so incredibly long. By the time I got through the line and back to my chair, uh, the Pirates had scored several runs and had pulled ahead <laughs> of the Cubs and I didn't even realize it till the end of the game. It was terrible. Uh, it was a fun time though. We, we Several of you emailed suggestions on where to eat and whatnot and much appreciated. Uh, it was a good time. Now, On a different note, uh, I have heard from many of you about the email I am sending out in the mornings. Uh, You've liked the reformatting of it. I hope it is easy for you to navigate. It's easy to subscribe. It is just a morning email of all the news and information that you need to know as a conservative to get your day started. If you would like to subscribe to it, text the word WSB. 444-999 444 you'll get a text back asking for your email address and i will get you subscribed when we come back more on this donald trump jr story and what the republicans are doing on obamacare It is 39 after the hour. Eric Erickson here. The phone number 404 872 750 WSB Talk. Let's go back to the phones. Uh, who am I going to? I think I am going to... Danny and Flowery Branch. Welcome. Hi, Eric. Thanks for taking my call. Um, my question revolves around what constitutes criminal activity. And what I mean by that is in the same way as stolen goods being received from a criminal activity um whether it be the clinton campaign whether it be donald trump jr or whether it be anyone in the trump campaign um if you receive uh, information um willingly knowing that that is from a criminal activity hacking or stealing personal information does that constitute a crime if you receive information that you know to be stolen does that, well, in some cases, yes. Uh, I mean, it depends on the information. Uh, there are also situations where it's, it's free speech. So, for example, if a reporter publishes information uh, that has been stolen, the reporter is okay. Uh, by and large, this is the Pentagon Papers case. The government can come after them later, but by and large, uh, they'd be okay for publishing that information uh, as long as they're not uh, an accessory to the fact. Now, in the case of a campaign, I listen. I'm I'm not a lawyer anymore, and I wasn't a really good criminal lawyer when I was. But I I think if the Trump campaign took information that the that someone got a hacker from Russia or a spy from Britain and got that information to the press. Uh, Uh, And the press reported, I don't really think that the the Trump campaign uh, is to blame. They they may have to out their source. They may get in trouble if they don't out their source, and that would give them trouble. But, I mean, it's it's a political matter here, and I think there's real hysteria on the part of the left. Let me say this, though, specifically about Manafort and Donald Trump Jr., it does appear that some of the statements they've made have conflicted. And it does appear that Donald Trump Jr., in now saying that he did meet with this Russian lawyer, but uh, did not, it, nothing came of it, he may be in conflict with some of his past statements. He should not have publicly admitted it because it just created more of a feeding frenzy. This is something they should have let the lawyers handle. It wasn't smart of him to do this and is going to cause more legal headaches for his father in the end. I mean, you know, the irony here, particularly for people on the left, if they're willing to acknowledge it, is that President Trump's administration is in rough legal standing at this point, not for anything the president did, per se, but because of the things others around him did. And that's problematic. The inconsistent stories open them up to the special prosecutor. And if the special prosecutor wants to get someone, the special prosecutor is going to get someone. And if the special prosecutor can't get the president, maybe he goes for the president's son because the president's son was too dumb to keep his mouth shut. I mean, it, it, it's a real concern here. Listen, uh, you don't, you may not like me for pointing out, I personally think the story overwhelmingly is bogus. Yes, he met with a Russian lawyer. He apparently got nothing out of it. The Trump campaign, we know, was not the source of the information about Hillary Clinton. Why do we know this? Because WikiLeaks was the one who pushed it out, and WikiLeaks themselves have a direct collaboration with the Russians. They didn't need the Trump administration. They didn't need the Trump campaign to do it. But the fact that the the Trump campaign staffers have not been able to get their story straight, there have been multiple conflicting reports of what they did and did not do and who they met with and who they didn't meet with, that gets Donald Trump Jr. in potential legal trouble. And much like his father shoots himself in the foot, Donald Trump Jr. apparently has shot himself in the foot. Uh, The special prosecutor is is probably now looking at this. Let's go back to the phones. Mike in Atlanta, you're next. Welcome, Mike. Hi, Eric. How you doing? Good. How are you? Doing good. Um, I was just wanting to ask, in these, like the Senate Intelligence Committee, who has the final say of when it's over? Is it the chairman of that committee? Like, who can bang the gavel and say, we've been doing this for six, seven months, we found nothing, it's over? Well, see, that's the problem here. Is that's kind of a two-part answer. At the congressional level, yeah, it's the committee chairman, by and large. They can say enough. Uh, the leaders in Congress can say enough. The problem, though, is that there's also a special prosecutor and Congress can't shut down the special prosecutor. The only person who can shut down the special prosecutor is the Deputy Attorney General of the United States, Rod Rosenstein, and he doesn't want to shut down the congressional, er, shut down the special prosecutor because that would mean he gets hauled up to Congress and questioned by Republicans who are perfectly happy to let this go on. See, the, the Republicans like the special prosecutor because as long as Robert Mueller is engaged in this investigation, Congress has a way out of investigating it. And can pass it off and say oh this guy's looking at it and we're not allowed to talk about it and he's not going to talk about it so we're going to move on Uh, the moment they get rid of the special prosecutor suddenly that throws the ball directly in congress's court and it puts rod rosenstein in a very difficult position of having to go to congress and answer questions about why he shut down the investigation at this point about the only thing anyone can really hope for is that rosenstein himself. Uh, leaves it alone, but then Mueller decides there's no there there. Unfortunately, Mueller is, well, he's a Boy Scout, and that's not a bad thing, I guess I should say in general, but for the Trump folks, it is. Because he's going to be tenacious and aggressive, and he's probably going to want to scalp. And the reason he's probably going to want to scalp is because he's going to spend a lot of money, he's hired a lot of people, And Congress and the public are going to ask him, well, what did we get for all this money? Just saying a a clearance on the president isn't going to be enough for a lot of people. And I suspect that Mueller and Comey, who is a Mueller friend, uh, they're going to want to try to get someone. And they may realize they can't get the president, but they will want to ensnare someone else. Wild card scenario here. Total wild card scenario. Not going to happen, but some of you are thinking it. I can feel it in the force donald trump jr gets prosecuted by robert mueller or referred to as uh, from the special prosecutor what happens when his dad pardons him and then resigns and hands the office over to mike pence <gasps> that's not going to happen but there are already people out there speculating on it that just tells you how absurd this whole thing has gotten Oh, man, there's breaking news from WSB-TV. A Delta flight from Atlanta to Haiti has had to make an emergency landing in Daytona Beach. Hail cracked the plane's windshield. In flight. Yeah. Wow. Welcome. It's Eric Erickson here. It is 55 after the hour. Now, uh, I do want to shift gears here when we come back. The doom, gloom, and despair on the left. They've got a cover story in the New Yorker magazine today. Uh, It's it's for this month that everything you know about global warming and climate change is actually far worse than they're willing to tell you. And we're all going to die and it's going to be terrible but first when we come back the republican obamacare replacement plan breaking news in the last couple of minutes jeff flake senator from arizona says he supports the ted cruz compromise plan uh jeff flake is a key holdout here Pretty significant that he's come on board. Uh, he leans institutionally. He has long leaned to the right, but he's been fairly squishy since he got to the Senate. Uh, I'll give you the update, what I know on the Senate, why they may be scuttling plans on Obamacare. And as always, text WSB to four 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 nine 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 to sign up for the daily email where I will keep you up to date when I'm not on the radio with this information. Tons more when we come back right here on WSB. It's 9 after the hour, I'm Eric Erickson, this is WSB, and Atlanta's Evening News, welcome the phone number, 404 750 wsb talk If you want to subscribe to our daily email that contains all the show content and a morning briefing to tell you what you need to know to get your day started, text the word or letters WSB to 444-999. You know, you can use the same thing. If you want to uh, pre-order my book before you wake, uh, text the word wake to 444-999. That's the book to my kids comes out in October. Y'all, we've got to talk about democratic messaging uh, because there are several stories out there that just really sum up just how bad it is for the left they are beside themselves they're unhappy they're miserable they hate the world they think we're all going to die Yes, an appropriate moment for the Hee haul clip. The New Yorker magazine, not New York, mag- yeah, it is New York magazine, not the New Yorker. Um, they've got a cover story this month on essentially the late great planet Earth that it's worse than we think. We're all going to die. The world is coming to an end. There's going to be mass extinction. There's going to be starvation. There's going to be devastation on the planet and it is all because you people voted for donald trump now they, they don't actually say that per se uh but that is largely implied the the american ignorance the american obliviousness to climate change y'all emissions in this country are lower than they were when george w bush became president this country is actually doing a very good job through the free market of curbing climate causing emissions other than cow farts we still eat a lot of meat and you know they want us to all go vegetarian and and stop the cow farts and kill off all the cows that's the one mass extinction the left would agree on is get rid of all the cows because of all the methane from their burps and farts i'm not making that up you can't win with these people here's the problem there's a new peer review study. You know, one of the reasons that the left is bought into climate change and why a lot of pe- conservatives haven't, if follow along with me here. You know how they, they talk about historic records? That it's a lot hotter now than it's ever been before. Historic warming. The record from 1880 has been broken. But you always notice how, like, the record that's being broken is really from the 1930s or 40s. What's happened, and this is a significant thing, is that back in the late 1800s, weather monitoring stations were put up globally all over the world in the late 1800s, early 1900s. They put up these weather stations that could keep track of the temperature, start a temperature record for the planet. A lot of them, most of them, if not all of them at the time were in rural locations where no one was around. Many of those locations now are in cities. They haven't moved the locations. So they're in cities now surrounded by asphalt and concrete, which are heat sinks. I mean, they suck in heat. They reflect the heat. They make it hotter. Anyone who's ever been driving in the city and you get out to the suburbs, you can watch the temperature in your car decline. I mean, we know from the historic record that there have been periods of time on the planet where it's been warmer, the the Roman Empire period had significant warming. It was hotter then than it is now. I mean, just based on the historic record scientists use. We know it was colder in the Revolutionary War period. There's a mini ice age, and they've tried to come up with all sorts of reasons. There's now mass melting around Antarctica as there is suddenly more and more uh, ice in uh, Greenland. And they've decided that it's not actually global warming causing the problem in Antarctica, although they're trying to tie it to it. It's just it's a normal cyclical event. But nonetheless, many of the temperatures that are used to track historic highs are in areas that are now hotter than they were 100 years ago, not because of global warming per se, but because they're now surrounded by concrete and asphalt. And anyone who lives in a city understands, you see this in Atlanta, it's happening at this moment as I speak. What happens? The city pulls in a lot of heat, and then around the city, there are afternoon pop up thunderstorms that cool it down in the afternoons. There is this uh, corrective effect, this feedback loop that happens in cities around the country where you have these afternoon showers that then clear it down, cool things down, when uh, the morning heat. It's all a related cyclical effect. Well, what the scientists try to do is they try to adjust the temperatures because they know that in an area where there was no warming, well, and now there is warming because of asphalt and concrete around the thermometer, they've got to make an adjustment for what it was when they installed the monitor a hundred years ago. There's a peer review study out that suggests they've not been adjusting accurately and that they're actually saying there's more warming than there is and when you think about it you've got a bunch of scientists who are convinced the world is hotter than it ever was before and they've got to make adjustments don't you think they're adjustments are going to show them what they want to show and not actually be right i mean that's the suggestion that's what's happening but whether it is or not we know that if it gets a little warmer more crops are going to grow a little more co2 in the atmosphere is actually good for plants we know that the roman empire era of of peak expansion was actually warmer than it is today from the very same records they use to tell us we've got global warming right now. you you got to accept that. And yet they want us to think that there's going to be doom and gloom and despair. They want us to think that we're destroying the planet. Let's concede, if you will, just for a moment, and I know you don't want to, but let's concede the argument for just a moment. That we're headed towards catastrophe on planet Earth. I, I, I disagree with it, but let's just concede it for the sake of argument for a moment. The United States today is releasing fewer emissions than we were in the year 2000. We have gotten a whole lot better at reducing carbon and methane and other gases. We've gotten better at recycling. We've gotten electric cars. We're doing all of the things they want us to do. We've we've downscaled coal-burning plants in favor of solar, power, nuclear, and wind. We've done all the things the environmentalists have wanted. We are one of the few places on the planet that can say that. And yet, have you ever noticed it's always our fault? We, the United States of America, always have to do more. They're not asking China or India or Brazil or Russia to do it. They're asking us to do it. How much more must we cut back? See, this is ultimately the game. Many of these people are watermelons. They're green on the outside, but they're red on the inside. They've always been communists, and now they just hide behind the environmentalist movement. Now that the Soviet Union's not there to subsidize their Communist Party antics, they've gone into the environmentalist movement, and they figured out the way to get the government to subsidize them is to claim global warming, and the government's going to give research money to the global warming scientists. And what's their solution? It's not scientific. It's economic. Destroy capitalism, and you will save the planet. That's the way it always has been. That's the way it always will be. And yet we're going to be treated to a new round of doom, gloom and despair. Why? Because Donald Trump is president in the same way, the homeless problem, the poverty problem, the opium problem, the starvation problem, you name it. Problem goes away when a Democrat becomes president. They all come roaring back when a Republican becomes president, not because they're not a problem when the Democrats president. It's just conveniently the left doesn't think of them as a problem. When the Democrat is president, but suddenly we're all going to die. And it's your fault because you voted Republican. 27 after the hour. What was I going to talk about now? <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. It's just one of those days. It has been crazy. Uh, I got back uh, Sunday from Chicago late. Sit at the airport with my dad for a little while until he flew home. And it's just been one of those days. Uh, I know what I wanted to talk about. I knew if I rambled along enough, it would come to me. The city of Atlanta has released the price tag for their publicly funded rainbow crosswalks. You know, to celebrate gay pride, they installed the rainbow crosswalks at the intersection of 10th Street and Piedmont Avenue. $196,000 thousand dollars a hundred ninety six thousand dollars to put down a rainbow as a crosswalk to celebrate gay pride which cometh before the fall of the budget apparently goodness gracious what a waste oh and the transgender communities upset their color wasn't included It is 39 after the hour. I'm Eric Erickson. This is WSB, the Republican Obamacare plan. Um, I got the information for you from members of the Senate, and you're not going to like what I have to tell you. It appears, It appears, and I want to be careful here by saying that, uh, from Senate sources. And let me clarify, I, I'm hearing this from one senator, but I'm hearing it from multiple Senate staffers. That the Republican leaders in the Senate are essentially lining up Obamacare reform and repeal to fail, but stacking the deck so that conservatives are blamed for it. Now, what do I mean by that? How would Mitch McConnell pull this off? Well, it's really easy. You know, Jeff Flake, the senator from Arizona, has come out for the Ted Cruz plan today. The Ted Cruz plan would allow consumers to choose their insurance plan without a defined minimum of coverage from Obamacare that would drive up costs. He likes the plan. Jeff Flake does. The conservatives like the plan. The conservatives in the House of Representatives have said this needs to be a required component. Mike Lee in the Senate has said he won't vote for a repeal plan unless it includes this provision. So McConnell's not going to give them the provision. You see, there are moderate Republicans in the Senate who don't like it. And the reason they don't like it is because they don't really want to get rid of Obamacare. And they know if you allow people a way out of Obamacare, they're probably going to take it. And that's going to hurt the rest of Obamacare plans. Remember, one of the things with Obamacare is they pile up all of the minimum standards of coverage, and it includes things like pediatric dental. Even if you're an elderly person, it includes mammograms for men, prostate exams for women. Uh, It includes um, elder care for children. You name it. And the reason they do it is they want to spread the cost out to everyone hoping to keep the costs down. Well, if you can opt out of that Obamacare plan and get something cheaper, well, then that leaves fewer people in the Obamacare plan plans and drives up those costs, which eventually causes people to get out of Obamacare plans altogether and go to something more reasonable that they can use. And there are liberals in the Senate on the Republican side who don't like that, and they also don't like that Planned Parenthood would be defunded. So what McConnell is intending to do is craft a compromise that is acceptable to liberal Republicans, that conservatives cannot accept. So the conservatives kill the plan. They may even be able to squeak it through the Senate, but they'll be able to blame conservatives because it dies in the House. If that, if they can get it through at all, the odds are they won't be able to get it through because they can only lose two people, and they'll lose, um, they'll lose Cruz, they'll lose Ron Johnson, they'll lose Mike Lee, they'll lose Rand Paul, uh, they'll probably lose Jeff Flake, they'll lose a couple of others, and they can say it's the conservatives' fault. We were going to do this. But the conservatives wouldn't listen to it. This is the way they always do it. They always want to blame conservatives. They always want to give in to the liberals. Now, the reason Mitch McConnell wants to do this, you don't need to call. I can give you the answer for why Mitch McConnell would rather blame conservatives. Because when you look at the Senate and the people who are up for re-election and the people who will be up for election at a later date, the conservatives are in states where the conservative is going to win. But the moderates and liberals are in states where a Democrat could win. So McConnell would rather the liberals and moderates look good so that he can save himself as leader, has everything to do with Mitch McConnell and nothing to do with the good of the country, then let conservatives get a victory here. He doesn't want to advance the ball for conservatives, so he will throw them under the bus. He will create the conditions by which his friends in the media, from the Wall Street Journal to even some of the pundits on Fox with me. They will blame the conservatives. They will blame Ted Cruz because they don't like Ted Cruz. They will blame Mike Lee. They will blame Ben Sass. They will blame Mark Meadows. They will blame the House Freedom Caucus. They will spare Mitch McConnell and the moderate and liberal Republicans but what's really going on here is they're structuring a plan that conservatives can't accept because it doesn't repeal Obamacare and what Mitch McConnell is saying, what he wants to do is work with the Democrats if the Republicans won't pass this plan. So that's what's going to happen. He's going to structure a plan that cannot pass because conservatives won't go for it because it does not repeal Obamacare. And then he'll say, well, conservatives didn't want to do this, so now we got to work with the Democrats and save Obamacare. He's stacking the deck against conservatives yet again, and it's to save Mitch McConnell. It's not to save the country. It's not to save Obamacare. It's not to save health care. It's not to save people's access to health care. It's all about saving Mitch McConnell. He needs the liberal Republicans in the Senate to cling to power. And so he will save them and not the conservatives. And that is why people hate politics. And that is what got us Donald Trump. The phone number 404-872-0750-1800 WSB talk. I have gotten back to live streaming the show on Facebook. We will try to make a regular go of that. By the way, you should know that, uh, evangelical Christians, Seem to be headed to court to try to protect their religious activities. And this is potentially putting uh, Neil Gorsuch on a collision course with the Chief Justice of the United States. This is going to be a big story over the summer and into next year as Christians are realizing that it's going to rely on courts to protect them because legislatures around the country won't. Even, I mean, take for example here in Georgia. The Republicans in Georgia have so caved to the gay rights lobby uh, that they are perfectly willing to throw Christian small businesses businessmen to the lions in georgia now it's going to be up to federal judges to protect them and john roberts though fundamentally institutionally conservative he feels his job is really to protect the institution of the supreme court because he's chief justice and he wants to go along with these compromised solutions gorsuch on the other hand is is damn the torpedoes full steam ahead this is what's right let's do it and it appears potentially that the Chief Justice took a shot at Neil Gorsuch over the weekend in a speech where he was saying that uh, you got to reflect the consensus of the court, not your personal opinion in your in your decisions. And sometimes you, you don't need to write dissents just for the sake of writing dissents. Gorsuch, uh, only having three weeks of arguments on the Supreme Court, wrote seven dissents fairly aggressively it was interpreted as a as a small snub or a small slight at neil gorsuch it could put them on a collision course i gotta tell you this though it is my fervent belief that in this country if you can't get the politicians on your side you're probably not going to get the judges on your side because the politicians are accountable to voters and they don't fear you anymore the judges are accountable to no one they don't even consider themselves accountable to god by and large they think of themselves as god If Christians are going down this route and they've given up just trying to advocate for themselves in the town square, we're in a world of hurt in this country. You know, I'm in the Presbyterian Church in America. It's affiliated with Reform University Fellowship. And Rosaria Butterfield, who is a a great uh, theologian, college professor, was a lesbian, now is married to a man, has kids. Um, she gave a wonderful speech back in December. I put it up at the Resurge, and it'll be in the show notes. If you want to get the show notes, show notes text WSB to 444 And she's calling out the PCA for caving into some of this, wanting to be liked in the world. Uh, real concerns out there. But again, if, if Christians are trying to go to judges for protection instead of making their case in the town square, eh, they're probably, well, not going to find that they're in a very good position in the end. It is 56 after the hour. Uh, Most of the rain now to the east of the city. You should know that at the 675-75 split on the south side of the city, very heavy rain uh, headed towards Stockbridge right now. Uh, Lake City, Forest Park, getting lighter rain Uh, up towards Redan, getting rain. Uh, The storm on the south side of the city is just to the west of Fayetteville. It is headed north towards Union City, but moving very slowly. It'll probably rain out by the time it gets to Union City. Uh, And then further up on the north side of the city, Duluth. Uh, There is a storm and you're not out of the woods yet uh you're actually about to get more rain out of it berkeley lake right now getting rain it's headed towards swanee but it's going to rain out uh, lawrenceville as well loganville heavy heavy rain more headed your way a lot of lightning now cropping up in that band of showers i will see you guys tomorrow remember text wsb to 444999 to sign up for the show notes